This week's Ultra 64 is brought to you by the letters F-U and the numbers mid-40s somewhere. Because we're playing Elmo's Letter Adventure and Number Journey. Yay! That was that was me. Clouds away. Something, something. On my way to a podcast about guys playing games. Yes. Tell me how to download the Ultra 64 podcast. Oh, you already know how. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, you already know how. You already know how. Hi, everybody. This is Ultra 64. My name is Steve Gunley. Hello, I am child early childhood education expert Woody Siskowski. (laughs) Oh my god, uh, it's another sweltering hot day here, and we are subjecting our already addled brains to a couple of games starring Elmo. Uh, the very definition of games that are just not for us. It teaches us as we learn. <laughs> and we're, Boy, did we learn today. I learned so much about myself, about everything. Uh, these were the two games that I was most embarrassed to buy, I think. <laughs> I think they had them at the local game store that's just like a block away from me, but I still, like, and they were probably cheaper to buy them there, but I still got them online because I'm just like, I'm just a little too embarrassed to, like, go up to a clerk and try to explain why a childless man in his 30s is buying this games. So I'm probably on a watch list somewhere for my Amazon. Um, but either way, it's... Yeah, so there are two Elmo games on here, and uh, I'm really going to struggle to be fair to these and to try and put myself in a childlike perspective here because, like I said, I... W- there's no way that we can look at these games and think like. So Elmo yeah. is the um, the Hank Azaria voiced bartender in the Spanish Simpsons, right? That's that's the guy. Yes, okay, yes. Good. that's what I thought. <laughs> Buenos noches, Senor Homer. <laughs> How you doing? Anyway, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to dunk on it too much, and uh, partly because yeah, these games aren't for us, and partly because I genuinely love Sesame Street. I mean, I. I don't know about you. Does you you're I, slightly uh, younger than me, so maybe I you missed up, the generation. I'm Sesame Street was not my thing. Um, okay. I grew up with Canadian television. I probably told this before. So Mr. Dress Up was my guy, and I don't think there were any Muppets involved in Mr. Dress Up. I'm not familiar with Mr. Uh, Dress Up at all. He was the Canadian Fred Rogers, essentially. There Wait, did also, you guys not get Mr. Rogers? No. Oh my God. There was also a uh, guy who just like sort of was footage of him out in the woods like talking to animals and strumming on his guitar i think fred penner was this guy's name okay but, i've so heard was, somebody talk about that before I, like that's another but, thing I've yeah just missed i missed out the on. the major uh sesame street or yeah fred rogers so i, oh, I, I mean, didn't really have any my mom also tried to keep tv out of me when i was very young we we so. were limited to Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. So okay. I've I grew up on these. Like I watched a lot, a lot, a lot of these. We had them on like VHS and everything, so we'd watch them all the time. And I think they've informed a lot of like my sense of humor and things like that. Because you've watched it, this is like kind of a very early ages sketch comedy show okay. and like variety show. So like I, the the format and the structure is still very clever. 
You know, so it's it's a show. Yeah, I, I really like it, and I think it's great. I think it's something that holds up. And you know, if I ever have kids, I'll probably show it to them because well, it's still on. What was the? I mean, are you going to tell us a little bit about the origins of Sesame Street? Absolutely. Yeah, I knew I'm you going would. To. You're, Let's you're talk very about reliable in that. Yeah, Street. I want to learn. I, I want to learn more about I'm, it too. I, I've learned about letters. I've learned about numbers. I'm ready to learn about <laughs> the, the, the conveyor of letters and numbers. Yeah. So Sesame Street debuted on November tenth, nineteen sixty nine. So we are coming up on the fiftieth anniversary next year, which is huge. So I think there's going to be parades on the street. Yeah. I mean, I, I legitimately hope there are. Giant I mean, Elmo balloons floating by. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I really can't imagine a world without Sesame Street. If you were born in the last half century, you're familiar with it, at least with a passing amount That's of true. knowledge. And uh, it's been hugely influential. So it was the brainchild of Jim Henson, who uh, partnered with the Children's Televin- Television Workshop. So he had some early Muppet designs, and this was the way to get them on the air before the Muppet Show really blew up. So this before... is pre pre Kermit. Pre... Kermit was a guy, he but he was mostly at this point known for being on Sesame Street and oh, like for TV commercials okay. and stuff like that. So I guess um, I always I always thought that the Muppet Show was pre Sesame Street. No, no, no. Okay. Muppet Show didn't come out till like the mid seventies, and okay. uh, it was massive. But yeah, it, it didn't take off for a little bit. So yeah, it's it's got this really novel, like one of a kind blend of humans interacting with puppets, and then you have a sketch variety show, and then you have little animated interstitials and things like that. So, and pretty much every children's show since Sesame Street came out has been kind of in the shadow of Sesame Street. Has been trying to recreate that formula that's been so successful. So it's estimated to have been watched by more than 100 million kids around the world, and it's broadcast in 140 countries. It's been synonymous with PBS about as long as I know, but in 2016, it's switched over, and now it's exclusively on HBO, which is kind of a bummer, I think. I liked how accessible it was. Yeah, I, I do think that... I know there was some backlash when that happened. I yeah. think that was pretty justified. I know how they wanted to say, like, well, you know, we need a budget to keep producing quality children's television, but, like, PBS isn't going to provide it. But it's still and also, to have analog this, TV isn't really a thing anymore. That's true. So. But, yeah, to have this kind of educational thing behind a paywall doesn't seem fair. Yeah. It seems like the people who might benefit or enjoy it most would not have access to it. Exactly. And, I don't know, I like the, the story I read of how they came up with the idea for Sesame Street was in the late 60s, they started releasing studies indicating how addictive television can mm-hmm. be. And so one of the creators, one of the guys who worked for Children's Television Workshop, looked at it and he's like, okay, how can we use these addictive qualities in a positive way? So it's playing off of that. It's like, okay, this is addictive. What can we do? How can we teach kids? So if we have their attention, we can teach them something, mm-hmm. which is a it's a cool idea, and I think it's a smart way of approaching it. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. So uh, turning to the video game world, there are about 30 games based around Sesame Street, uh, probably more that I'm missing now that there's like apps and iPads and stuff sure. like that. I'm sure there's a lot more. But it goes all the way back to Cookie Monster Munch on the Atari 2600. And uh, I think the most recent one was for the Xbox 360 Connect. It was like Once Upon a Monster or something like that. Got it. Um, but at least half of these games feature Elmo as a protagonist. So let's dig into Elmo. Who nope. the hell is Elmo? Ow! Ow! Ah! Stop digging into me, Steve! Stop digging into Elmo! Elmo doesn't like! Elmo woke up in a bathtub full of ice! <laughs> anyway. That's fucked up. Okay. Uh, so Elmo's been around almost since the beginning of the show, actually, since around 1971. Uh, but back then, he was just known as Baby Monster, and he was solely like a background character. He didn't have a voice or a personality or a name or anything for a long time. He just was in the background. 
a couple of performers would try to come up with a voice for him and nothing ever really clicked. So if, uh, I got a lot of information by watching this documentary called Being Elmo, which is all about Kevin Clash, the guy who uh, does the voice and performs Elmo. And they have some footage on there of uh, one of the original Muppeteers, Richard Hunt, who uh, you'll probably best know as like Scooter and a couple of characters okay. like that. Uh, Scooter's the dog, right? No, that's Rolf. Scooter's like the uh, the harried like assistant director guy. I thought you were going to say Scooter nerd. was the heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that. I mean, I don't know. He, he kept it together pretty well either way. No, but uh, so Richard Hunt was doing the voice and it sounded like a caveman. So it's really oh, in Congress okay. looking at like Elmo as we know Elmo. And he's like, me, Elmo, me, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, he, it sounded weird and he hated the character. So one day, like he just handed off the puppet to Kevin Clash, who was a 22 year old kid who just joined the staff and they said, here, see what you can do with that. And the first voice that came out of his mouth was that high-pitched, childish voice. And immediately everybody really liked it, and they started writing more stories for Elmo. So starting around 1984, uh, that's when Elmo really started taking off. Um, he didn't reach levels of crazy oversaturation until about 1996, when the Tickle Me Elmo doll came out. Uh, this was... I, I, don't, I couldn't find the exact numbers on this, but this is one of the highest-selling children's toys of all time mm -hmm. like people were getting trampled in walmart you think that people was, were, yeah. was the release of tickle me elmo the story story point for the movie jingle all the way do you think was well, that would have been about the right time i was just... thinking that too but they would have been they would have been happening concurrently okay. because tickle me elmo came out in 96 and so did jingle all the way like it was that movie came out right around the time tickle me elmo was blowing up so uh, I, I imagine they're referencing like Cabbage Patch Kids okay. or something, or Cab yeah, something like that in that movie. But that's a terrible movie. You so. think that El what Cabbage Patch Kids the movie or Jingle All the Way? Both. Okay. Is there a Cabbage Patch movie? There's a Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> yeah, movie. that's real bad. Yeah, yeah that's. <laughs> um, do you think that Elmo is so popular because he's essentially the conduit as the he's like the Greek chorus of. Uh... <laughs> no, um, he's he's what kids he's what kids are what. <laughs> They, they relate to right they say yeah. oh look he's that's their, like me he's the avatar yeah everyone yeah, yeah. else is talking he's the only other character that pe the characters are talking down to yeah yeah right? yeah i, I think so. that's accurate yeah and uh kevin clash says in the documentary that like he his whole gimmick was he wanted elmo to constantly be like hugging and kissing and just be all about love and be all about affection and everything like that and that was the angle he wanted to take with elmo and so they made him very young he's like a three and a half year old canonically so uh how old are the some of the other muppets did we ever learn that I like don't even know, how actually. old are bert and ernie i mean i bert and ernie have to be middle-aged at this point like they're just an old married couple um which they've debunked whatever that the performers keep saying they're not gay just let them be gay whatever but but either way uh yeah so i don't know i think big bird's a little kid too uh, oh, okay. The, Even though he's big. He's big. He's eight feet tall, but he's a little kid. Oh, um, that's, that's so. precarious. I know, yeah. that's uh, yeah. I don't know how much bigger he's going to get. I feel like he's going to turn into like the creature from the giant claw, you know, or something <laughs> like that. So uh, the year that Tickle Me Elmo came out, the demand was so crazy, people were rioting in shopping centers, and some retailers started jacking up the price to more than $1,500 for a Tickle Me Elmo doll. Oh. Normally, they would retail for around $29.95. And I don't know what struck a nerve about this so much. It's just a doll that you, you rub its belly and it vibrates. Oh, it says stuff too, doesn't it? It says stuff. It's like, yeah, and he, he makes the Elmo giggle and everything like that. And uh, it has like three or four different phrases he uses. But there were other toys like that on the market at the time. So it's just one of those weird things that struck a chord with people. Well, I mean, I guess the lesson is that 
you know, for Sesame Street's original attempt to, sorry, um, do do good in the medium of television, since as we said, it's easy to hold kids' attention with television. Yeah, you can also very much hold their attention with inferior products. I mean, yeah, if you market something that has Elmo in it, and you know, kids kids are very susceptible to advertising and they want to follow the characters it's yeah. going to take off so i mean it's a strong brand and it allows them to create products like the games that we played today yeah which um, which came out right at the peak of elmo mania elmo which, fury which also saw the release of uh, a major motion picture called elmo and grouchland uh, in 1999 which was the second sesame street movie after follow that bird uh, which is great because it's basically like a m- secret SCTV reunion movie. Because <laughs> like pretty much the whole cast of SCTV is in that movie. Uh, so he was Elmo became a regular guest on talk shows. So he appeared on the Rosie O'Donnell show, uh, Emerald Live, The View, Oprah, Martha Stewart Living, and he also appeared in scripted TV shows like Scrubs and The West Wing. <laughs> I forgot about the episode where he goes to The West Wing and talks to Stalker Channing, but it's pretty amazing. Uh, he got involved in politics. Uh, he appeared in PSAs alongside Hillary Clinton, and he is the first and only, to this day, non-human creature to testify before a House subcommittee. In 2004, no, 2002, he went before the House Appropriations Committee to advocate for music education. Okay. And uh, sat there at the booth and spoke in the microphone and everything. It's kind of amazing. So, um, but even though, you know, Elmo was all over the place and some parents were not into it. Uh, they grew very irritated with his voice, yeah. which after a while, yeah, I can understand that. It's kind of like let it go for modern parents. You know, you're hearing Frozen ten times a day. It's a it's a cute voice, but it definitely uh, wears on you quick. And uh, a lot of people were worried that his improper grammar was setting a bad precedent. Uh, but they they argued that you know he's supposed to be a child and he's talking like a child sure. and everything like that. So, uh, and uh, a lot of the fans of the show, and I, I'm. I don't know how to qualify a fan of the show. Like, it worries me that these are like adults yeah. who are still watching this show uh, without kids or anything. But yeah, so they were upset that uh, there was a 15-minute segment added to the end of every episode of Sesame Street in 1998 called Elmo's World. A 15-minute? 15 15-minute. 15 yeah. How long a, is an episode of Sesame Street? About an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. it was so long. They're pretty long. Okay. They're pretty long. Yeah, so that's how a long... often would they come out? A new episode weekly. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay, so they they put a lot of work. There's yeah. there's uh, close to five thousand episodes of Sesame Street. Holy smokes! Yeah, it's crazy. So okay, so they would put it. They put in an Elmo segment at the end of every episode. Yeah, yeah. And so a little bit of bittersweet stuff that we have to mention. Kevin Clash, who voiced the character starting in 1984, and he was the subject of the documentary that I mentioned earlier. Uh, he had to step away from the character in 2012 because uh, right around that time, two young men came forward accusing Clash of entering into a sexual relationship with them while they were 16 and 17 and he was in his 40s um this was also how the world found out that kevin clash was gay like he wasn't out about that at this time um so the the charges were eventually dropped there wasn't uh, any substantial evidence to back this up but children's television workshop rightfully kind of figured yeah we don't want this character involved in a sex scandal so uh, Kevin Clash stepped away from it and uh, as of 2012 Ryan Dillon has been doing the voice of the character Um, and I don't really know what's become of Kevin Clash he's he's still out there I think he's just retired now but kind of a kind of a he has a tribute band London 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 Calling (laughs) (laughs) by Kevin Clash and the London (laughs) he was uh, he was the the guy responsible for the uh, you know the sequence in Labyrinth with the fire demons that like take their heads off and everything like that 
Kinda. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did those. He was the puppeteer for those. I I, I don't have quite the same uh, Jim Henson fanboyism that Man. seems to be running rampant nowadays. I people love the Dark Crystal. They love Labyrinth, and I will still none say of these having really with me. See, we should have had Lindsay on here. Lindsay mm-hmm. loves these movies so much. But uh, I recently rewatched the Dark Crystal with Lindsay, and. It's a movie I super want to like. It's real innovative. It's real cool. But man, that movie is goddamn boring. Uh, Labyrinth, I legitimately enjoy. I think it's a great movie. But I feel like David Bowie is the heart of that movie. David Bowie is the heart of that movie, and Jennifer Connelly, and yeah. just there's it's a it's a much faster paced, more interesting movie. But I am a big Jim Henson guy. Like sure. I love the Muppets. I've always loved the Muppets, and uh, I think he was a genius. Uh, Anyway, we should probably talk about these games at some yeah. point here. Jim Henson probably didn't have that much involvement in these games. He did not, sadly, deceased in 1990. Uh, but, yeah. So let's talk about these. So uh, let's start with uh, the first game to come out was Elmo's Letter Adventure, released November 15, 1999, developed by Real Time Associates, published by New Kid Co., and it was also released on PlayStation 1. So New Kid Co. New Kid Co. Was you it? need adoptive parents. Don't, don't go worldwide and adopt children. Instead, contact New Kid Co. And we will pump them out of the assembly line. It sounds like like a bad like futuristic satire company where they're making robot children for yeah. you. But in fact, they were a company that worked exclusively on kids' games. They went out of business in 2005. But before that, they were able to produce games for franchises such as Sesame Street, Winnie the Pooh, Cat on a Hot... Uh, Cat, Cat on a Hot... <laughs> well-known Tennessee Williams <laughs> children's <laughs> property, Cat on a Hot... Cat in the Hat. Jesus H. Christ. I cannot believe I said that's amazing. Uh, okay, I'm going to bounce back from that. They also did Tom and Jerry, Doug, E.T., The Muppets, and more Dr. Seuss. Uh, so some of these games we're going to play. Uh, they did a Tigger game and a Tom and Jerry game that both came out on N64, so we'll Can't get to those wait. eventually. Uh, Real-time associates we met before on the wonderful Rugrats scavenger hunt, <laughs> so big fart on them. Uh, we will see them a few more times. I've got Gex64 and Charlie Blast territory coming up. All right. Uh, all right, so the goal of Elmo's Letter Adventure is you wander through three different Sesame Street you, locales. The screen opens. You are Elmo on the corner of Sesame Street. Yes. You have a tiny little corner. And it goes, what, if it's about two... Smash three, cut, in media yeah, res. Exactly. we got yeah. three screens wide. You can walk left. You start, there's Big Bird right in front of you. You can walk left. There's Ernie over there. No, there's Grover over there yeah. on the left. And there's yeah, Ernie your topography on your, right. Yeah, sorry. I'm trying to create a mental picture here. <laughs> Ernie's sitting on the, on the stairs. Grover's looking through his telescope. And now... In true open world style, you can talk to any of these characters that you want. Yes. Uh, we went with Big Word first. Obviously, he and, was right there. Yeah, and he's he so right inviting there. in yellow. And so, he invites us to go to his letter farm. He has a letter farm. As you Why do. wouldn't you? Why yeah. wouldn't you? Where else did they come from? So uh, the goal is to, you wander through these different locales. Uh, the character is going to tell you what letter to collect. And you walk through and you try and find the, the single letter. And it's not like you're finding multiple different letters. It says... So you you show up and Big Bird says, look for the letter N. He's making his alphabet soup and he's missing one important ingredient, which is the letter N. Yes, that's the only letter that he's missing, apparently. Or maybe that's the only letter he wants, mm-hmm. like it's an all N soup. I don't know. So, yeah, there's just these floating letters and it's a very linear uh, area to walk through in these floating letters. And you just walk up to the N's and you press A or whatever. Or B whatever button, or, or Z B. or any of the C buttons. Any every, of the flashing, bu- every button works. Yeah, they would always, whenever you go to a new menu, they describe it, press one of the flashing buttons. And then they have this little R in the bottom that shows a controller with every button flashing. Every button is flashing. <laughs> so this is, I mean, I, I should mention these games are all rated EC for early childhood, which is the only games I've ever played. Which I don't think is that. a rating that even exists anymore. For no, the, uh, no. 
Same way that like the the G rating in movies is kind of disappearing, like because there's a negative connotation of like being for babies. Yeah. So yeah, little kids don't want to see that. But that's all you do. You you walk through. You collect a certain number of ends, and that's going to depend on if you chose easy, medium, or hard mode. So if it's easy, it's like six, or then it's eight, and then it's ten. And you also get when if you select a wrong one, you get a little red X. And yeah. If you have too many red X's, you have to restart the level. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, this is where the problem... You said you weren't going to dunk on this game too much? No. I'll dunk on this game. Yeah, um, this game was real boring. Um, I know it's intended for little kids, but... You know, I anything is going to occupy little kids' attention. But, and yeah, and you like, have to put yourself in a little kid mindset. And you have sure. to think about yourself. Okay, when I was a little kid, when I was young enough to have been the target audience for Elmo's Letter Adventure, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to brag or anything, but <laughs> I feel like I was smarter than this. Okay. I feel you, like I would have gotten bored by this. Yeah, well, my biggest issue is this: if this is going to be the gameplay that you settle on, of walk around and find the letter, once you find an N, why do you have to find five more ends and then yeah. you go then you go to a second level which is the same gameplay slightly different area or maybe you get a different you maybe you're in a vehicle now yeah like so the know. second level in big words farm you're on a pogo stick but it's exactly the same you know which and i had to ask about that because i didn't grow up in apple country so i wasn't sure if a pogo stick was like a typical like tool being used out in the orchards to like get the hard to reach apples it no, is not, not though that would be cool i um, also feel like it would be like difficult to pogo in soft dirt right yes yeah. yes okay um so, but what I want, yeah, so then once you go to the second stage, you have to collect six more of the same letter. Yeah, same why, letter. Yeah, why isn't it, at least there, you want to collect a different letter, or yeah. um, I just, I feel like you should collect an N, and then it should say, okay, now get a G, yeah. now get a P, and then you actually are trying to recognize different letters, because, you know, kids are dumb, but once you find the letter, you can do the same thing five more times. You're not learning anything new not really. on the eighth time you find that N. Uh, to be fair, on the harder modes, there is like a lower case that you have to spot sometimes, but really that's about it. You're going to get assigned a letter at the beginning, and then you're going to spend the whole time finding 12 to 20 N's. And then, once that's complete, you get to move on to a bonus round. Okay, and this is where you get a little bit of practical application. Sure. Alright, so you get a, le- a word that's missing the first letter and you get a little picture of it and then you have to find the first letter. The first one we got <laughs> yeah. was duck, missing the D. So, <laughs> they were already queuing us up to do something horrible, but luckily they thought ahead. There were no Fs in there. There was an R, so we could pay tribute to Alan Ruck, yeah. great character actor of Ferris Bueller fame. <sighs> but uh, no, so... Y- and again, you're not wandering around looking for the one letter. You're moving from... It's just a menu. You just move, essentially yes. a menu of moving Elmo from left to right until you find the right letter. And he slowly walks. He goes, whoop, 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 whoop. And then once you find the right letter, you press it. You do this three times, and then you beat the level. So you were talking about how this game has a little bit of a – there's a speedrunning community around this yeah, game. Yeah, it's- around both of them. Um because these games are very short. So we this is the first time we've actually beaten two games on this show. <laughs> within within our we, hour play time, we beat both of it these games. It was less than an hour. <laughs> yeah, we beat them both in less than an hour. Um, that's only happened one other we time so far. We don't need so to far. brag or anything. Yeah, you but know. We totally hauled through Elmo's number letter adventure. I don't want to say I can recognize a capital and lowercase g, but, you know, it's kind of the first letter of my last name. Not a big deal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a, they're they're fast to go through and there's the speed if you're going to speed run this game, there's a lot of random each time you play it, you get assigned a different letter yeah. and there's different words that you spell at the end and sometimes 
the correct letter is right where you spawn. Yeah, right? exactly. Where, so you just you say well, you need to find the letter S for sun, and the S is right in front of you, and you just jam on A so you can select it as fast as possible. Yeah. And sometimes Elmo walks. Elmo's such a slow walker. So slow. He walks all the way to the end to get to the S, and so I feel like there's, there's somewhere out there, there's people who like. They know the they have a list of all of the letters and where things are spawned and if you don't get that ideal spawn point you have to restart the game. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the world record for this one is like 12 minutes on easy mode, which I mean, you again, you just have to kind of hope to be lucky. So, I don't know, I can't imagine it'd be a very fun one to speed run, but you know, somebody I don't think out there has any the game is I can't imagine that any game is fun to speed run at that level. No. Cuz the amount of precision that you need and the like how often you would have to restart you and make one mistake for exploits and, and yeah I, I would i that's why i, I don't have the patience for i have that. a lot of quote unquote respect yes for people who can speed run things they're very impressive but i it's not for me uh you know so i'll, I'll give this game credit for being pretty good looking and uh-huh. uh good sounding like yeah the, especially the last couple games we played with any kind of sound clips where they sound like they're recorded inside a tin can. These sound crisp and clear, and it's the actual voice actors from the show. Mm-hmm. They um, do it all right. They do a. They sound like the characters. They sound and- like them, yeah. Uh, and it, it looks pretty good. Some of the Elmo is very, very stiff, mm-hmm. uh, and he's cu- his mouth is constantly a little open, which is something they talked about in the documentary. Like he does that because uh, it's it's how they smile, mm-hmm. but it makes a difference when. They're just sitting there with their mouth uh, open and not moving versus when they're actually, like, lively and bouncing around with a smile on their face. Like, it gives them personality that way, but when they're just, like, staring straight ahead, they look lifeless. And there's, there's a, yeah, the graphics are pretty nice. There's a variety, like, Rover will take you into outer space. Yeah. And that looks that looks nice and clean and Very fun. Very colorful. Um, yeah. yeah. Ernie will take you underwater and... Um, you just talk to Ernie on the steps, and the first thing he says to you is, Hello, I know of an underwater le- wonderland full of letters. Do you want to come with me? Obviously. Yeah, yeah. which is the next thing that I'm going to say to a passerby out in front of the <laughs> library. Hello, I know of an underwater land full of letters. And then you get maced, and then they call the cops. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, so let's let's move on to Elmo's number journey. All right, so this came out November 30th, 1999. For those keeping track, that's 15 days later. 15 days. That would be one, two, mm-hmm. three. Keep going. You're on a roll. Four, uh-huh. five, six. Wait, 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 wait. Six. S- six? Okay. No, seven. I'm writing these down. Eight. Scribble, nine, scribble, 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 scribble. Ten. Um, Eleven. All right. Twelve. Thirteen. You're so close. Fourteen. We're there. 15. Yes! We did it! Oh! Yay! Yay! Elmo loves his one, two, threes. <laughs> that was... Ah, ha, ah. ha, ha, ha. So, yes. yeah, fittingly, this game has Count Von Count in it. Yes. Who's the, the real star of the number show. Oh, absolutely. I have mean, you, you seen that YouTube video where they uh, have the song of Count Von Count, but they censor out the word it's count? maybe the greatest out. internet video of all time. I love it. <laughs> and, and about how he loves to count, but they bleep it? <laughs> oh my god, it's the best. I might cut that in at the end of this. So yeah, this so game good. is just a reskin of the game we just played. It's it's, it's exactly the same. You're on the I, exact same corner of Sesame Street. I couldn't find any reason why these weren't released the same day. Like, why wouldn't the, I feel like this is like a Pokemon strategy. You you release red and blue in the same day, and then you just kind of choose, and everybody has their loyalties. So then people on the schoolyard <laughs> are arguing streets. numbers versus letters, you yeah. know? That was the plot of the book, The Phantom Tollbooth. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, yeah, that's basically that. 
So, yeah, I don't know why. It seems like, and that just seems like a weird amount of time to space it out. Like, you have, you have enough days. It, no, that's the same amount of time as usually people get paid in two-week increments. Oh, so okay. So, you come home and your kid's like, you got to buy me this Elmo game. And you're like, all right, I'll buy it when I get paid. Yeah. And you get paid and then two weeks later, you got to buy me this other Elmo game. I also couldn't find if these were sold at retail price or if they were like a, a like standard retail price for an N64 game was like $70. Ugh. Uh so I, I don't know if these were released at that full price. I can't imagine they were, but, you know, wouldn't I don't... It wouldn't have surprised me. I mean, then this... this Yeah, this made me mad. It seemed like a little bit uh, exploitive because there's really no reason that these couldn't be one game. Um, there really is There's not much content here. Like yeah. you said, we cruised right through it. So you could just have six characters to go visit and six different worlds in this, cause well, this game. Well, has... only five because, bafflingly, they brought Ernie back. So now it's... it's uh, Cookie Monster, Count Von Count, and Ernie again. Yeah, what the heck? And like, where the hell's Bert? Where the hell's Bert? Why it's, not? It's such an easy go-to. I mean, it's it's ob- it's an obvious parallel, and I don't know why. Maybe Ernie's just got a better contract or something. I yeah. have no idea. So yeah, the, it's the same thing as last time. Uh, just number puzzles, and again, it's you're wandering but it's through not puzzle. The word puzzle, puzzle implies that there's some generous. thought to like what you do. It just shows a number nine, and yeah. you go touch the nine. You go to the Count's castle. You start in his garden, which looks suspiciously like Big Bird's Orchard. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you he wants you to go look for the letter nine, or the number nine. And yeah. then you go inside his castle, look for the number nine. And then you get the bonus round, which is... Much more irritating. Than much more irritating, but also mildly more educational than the other, because it's sure. a little bit about counting. But you're supposed to stand in front of this big clown and throw baseballs at it until you reach a certain number. So now, there's no aiming not, to this baseball. You just press A to throw You're just pressing A, yeah. And... Uh, you're supposed to say, like, okay, the first one I got was nine. I had to throw nine baseballs, which is, like, and It takes one, a long time. Two. Elmo, like, picks up the baseball, throws it, and then And he, he keeps saying, like, from downtown, yeah, he swish! He keeps using basketball terms. Yeah. I, really, I really want the mashup of uh, somebody to put clips of, uh, like, an NBA game and put Elmo... Boom shakalaka! Yeah. From downtown! Yeah. I didn't, surely there's baseball terminology he could have used, but... Um, What's a baseball? I'm drawing a blank. Can of out. corn can of corn what yeah. is that that's where you like catch a pop fly or so it's like an easy catch is a can of corn really yeah you're making that up. i am that not is, okay you're that, that, sports are nonsense <laughs> yeah it's true um, um yeah it takes a long time for this so to count up to nine takes a long time and then once you get the right amount of balls in the clown mouth once that clown mouth is full of balls, <laughs> full of balls you uh you ring a bell, bell. <laughs> the clown's mouth is full of balls <laughs> dong 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 Oh, God. Uh, yeah, and you have to do that three times before you can beat the level. So if you luck out, eat all three times, yeah, you're going to get one. Yep. Yeah, for speedrunners, it's like, one, 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 yay! Uh, Nine is the kiss of death. Yes. So Cookie Monster's world is at least a little innovative. Yeah, not really innovative. Not but it's innovative, different. but it's it's cooler looking. You you're, get, you're going to Cookie Land, Cookie, cookie world? world, Cookie World. Yeah, so you get to ride on a jet ski up this river of chocolate. Yeah, and and Elmo does little stunts like there's ramps and everything, and he'll do like little <laughs> Superman stunts. So it's he only has one stunt: the handstand on the jet ski, which is still pretty impressive. Still way better than Wave Race. <laughs> Obviously, way better than Wave Race. And then there's a snowboarding level right after, which is way better than 1080. Yeah. So. I recommend these games. That, oh. the, the Cookie Monster level of Elmo's Number Journey is better than both of those games, everybody. Don't <laughs> at me. Uh, and better, there's a bumper car level in Ernie's World, right? Because his, his is a carnival. Mm-hmm. And again, you're walking through the same orchard in the first one, but they just put a couple of stands. So you can walk in and grab your three. Yep. 
and then you move on to a bumper car world where you sure, just bump but that's also shit. misleading because it i mean it makes it sound like there's some more change to the gameplay or something it yeah. just changes the vehicle that elmo's going but they all control the same yeah yeah, yeah. So I mean that's that's about it. We, that's we, literally all these games had. We played. We couldn't play it. You could play these games and get different numbers that you have to get. Yeah. Um, the only real difficulty, the only change in the difficulty is how many times you have to get the same number and how many mistakes you're allowed. Yeah. Um, it's just really a matter of do you want to draw out the tedium a little further? Yeah. Because obviously we do. Even yeah, even if you were a little kid, you could play through this game. In Pretty minutes, darn fast. In minutes. L- less than an hour. Yeah. I, I feel like even for, especially for kids like who would have been very young, like four or five around the time this game was released, that would have been, say they're born in 93 or something. They have video games. They've grown up on video games. Sure. They're probably already playing Mario and stuff like that. Like, this is too simple for them. I would say any kid who this is educationally appropriate for probably shouldn't be playing video games yeah like they probably should be doing other activities that playing with blocks or or like yeah being being read picture books and stuff like that yeah Yeah. it's so rudimentary and uh that's really all there is to say about it except i mean these are the only two examples of the very weird and very storied educational game subgenre on the n64 Uh, edutainment, yeah, that's an even better word for it. Like this is a this is one of those genres that is really really popular on PC, and for whatever reason, it was hard to crack on the home console. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, if you're anything like me, you grew up with Oregon Trail mm-hmm. and the Incredible Machine and Carmen Sandiego. I love on, the Incredible Machine. Oh, they were great, and yeah. they were on every computer in every classroom. You know, so you kind of grew up on those. And then, but as far as home consoles, like there's a pretty decent math blaster on super nes yeah. uh there's a couple of carmen san diego games that are fun mario um, is missing was kind of the big edutainment attempt on that was the big edutainment console. attempt really and go anywhere it was kind of a dud and i think when we think about console edutainment games we think of mario is missing we think of rex ronin experimental surgeon we think of that Captain was the game Novelin. You, oh man i love those games yeah just, let's talk about those games yeah, really please. quick because those games are two of my favorites so uh Rex Ronin Experimental Surgeon was a game for Super Nintendo about the hazards of smoking. Yeah. And so you would you would be Rex Ronin and you would, your your solution to someone who had lung cancer, I believe, was to shrink kind of fantastic voyage. Yeah. You would shrink down and go inside of them and so you're exploring inside the body about the dangers and pains of smoking. And like zapping little don't don't you like shoot little black things like Pro- yeah, yeah I'm sure. I, I've it's been a long time. And then Captain Novelin was a game about diabetes. Yeah. And how to so I, my favorite thing about Captain Novelin is it starts and this evil junk food is like attack like they're aliens or, you know, they're evil creatures, aliens, but they're shaped like evil junk food. Yeah. And they say this, you know, better get Captain Novelin. Like, this is the right job for him. And Captain Novelin is the superhero with diabetes. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, diabetes is, is like. It's a serious it's thing. It's a serious thing. And, like, I know that a lot of people suffer from it. But, like, if you're going to be attacked by alien shape like junk food, maybe don't get the superhero whose defining trait is that he has diabetes. Yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, we're being attacked by a bunch of kryptonite monsters. <laughs> Quick, get Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> this is one weakness. Let's go make him fight it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you, as you go through, you have to manage the amount of food that it's a platformer and you have to manage the amount of food that you eat. Um, yeah. Yeah. And okay, about halfway through the level, it shows you where your blood sugar is. 
Um, it's yeah. it's a weird game. It doesn't play very well. And they were all made by this company called Raya Systems. Mm-hmm. That like were they were trying to crack that, and they made a few more like Bronchi, and there was one about a couple of the dinosaur no elephants or something like that. I remember that. Just Packy and Marlin. Packy and Marlin. That's it. I don't yeah. remember the premise of that game. I don't either. But I mean, I guess I I don't know if you would consider like do you remember like the brain training craze for the Nintendo mm-hmm. DS a couple years ago. Yeah. I don't know if you consider those educational games because they were mostly being played by adults trying to make themselves smarter, but I they mean, were kind of in I that guess the, vein. See, the thing is about those, those games are much more fun to me. They are fun, I would yeah. much rather... I mean, I think the gimmick behind edutainment was they're always trying to disguise the fact that it's educational behind the brand, right? You're like, oh, look, I got a new Mario game. Yeah, and, and really it, you're just learning about history. Yeah, yeah, or this. It's like, look, a Sesame Street game... And then, but really, there's so little game, and that was there's always nothing. the problem. Whereas brain, brain age, you know, has different modes. I like. I don't really have. A, I find like quickly trying to solve math problems to not be unpleasant in yeah. that kind of setting. No, that could be fun, and they had a great Sudoku but, on there. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Um, and that's the thing about this game is there's just not enough modes um, for the Elmo game. It's just there needs to be more yeah. of a difficulty slider. There's nothing wrong with having a game that's really simple and rudimentary. But you need something where, as you go up in difficulty, there's more. Like, the words that you're spelling are more complicated. You're getting more... You're not just getting the first letter to the word every time. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, choosing from a bigger menu of words. You're finding a more variety of letters. So I think this game would have been okay if you could crank up the difficulty, and it actually was like, oh, look, now I have to think about something, as opposed to just recognize shapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it... Even at the hardest difficulty, the gameplay is no different. It's still just fine one yeah. thing. Well, mm. uh, I think we've said all that can be humanly said mm. about these games. Do you want to move on to our rankings? Yes, I do. All right, so each week we rank games. And you know what? I haven't done this for a while. I'm going to give us a refresher on uh, top and bottom five for each sure. of us. All right, so my top five. Banjo-Kazooie, yep. Tony Hawk 1, Tony Hawk 2, Pokemon Snap and Star Fox 64. All great games. Uh, your top five Tony Hawk 2, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Banjo Kazooie, Star Fox 64, Mortal Kombat 4. All great games. They are. Uh, my bottom five. Uh, so this is uh, NFL Quarterback Club 98, NFL Quarterback <laughs> Club 2000, Vigilante 8 Second Offense, Transformers Beast Wars Transmetals, and Dual Heroes. Uh, yours are NFL Quarterback Club 2000, Penny Racers, Super Bowling. Rugrats Scavenger Hunt and Transformers Beast Wars Transmetals. So that's kind of where we're sitting. Um, so let's I'll have you kick it off. Sure. Where, where, did, where um, are these landing for you? I mean, like we said, obviously we're not the intended audience here, um, but we definitely pooped all over the Rugrats games, and I feel like that might have been in sort of the same boat. But that's, this game doesn't pretend to be like a real game, I don't feel like. It's very, yeah. it's very clear, like Elmo's going to get letters, whereas yeah, the Rugrats yeah. game is like... Scavenger Hunt, in theory, is supposed to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but these games are still boring. There's just so little gameplay. They There's still nothing. don't offer much. They're pretty, um, and they sound good. So, yeah, I mean, and they functionally do what they're supposed to do. So they're better than the games at the bottom of our list there. Um, I'm going to put... I like... I'm going to give the edge to the number journey just because of the Cookie Monster level. Okay. The bonus... The bonus game is annoying of having to throw the baseballs but the cookie monster level was cool and yeah. it had some character to it so i'm gonna put that as my number 64 game okay and then the letter journey is right under it as number 65 oh wow okay so you you were a little harsher on it than i was yeah uh, i mean which is which is fair um, so i mean what can you say about it imagine if you had spent even if this game was budget priced 
and was twenty or forty dollars. That's still like a dollar a minute that you're getting out of this mm-hmm. game. And then yeah. you buy a second cup. You know, then you have to buy the other one. Yeah, uh, I I understand where that's coming from. I, I cut this one a lot of slack just because it is for for tiny tiny babies. <laughs> um, I put it at number forty two and forty three. I gave letters the edge a little bit okay. just because uh, I, I when it comes down to it, I like letters more than numbers. Oh, no. You know, if I had to choose, and please don't make me choose. <laughs> so, uh, if for context, that puts them both right but bet- right below uh, Scooby Doo classic creep capers and right above Bio Freaks. So make that your uh, story. Make that company. your game two twofer. Yes, name a yes. more iconic couple. That's Bio a- freaks and elbows number journey. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's a perfect little uh, little evening in. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you can find us at ultra sixty four podcast where we have our full rankings. Uh, you can also contact us at ultra sixty four podcast at gmail We're on Twitter, same handle. We're on Facebook. We got a group on there that's pretty great. Tell um, us, uh, tell, send in your submit your times for Elmo's uh, number. I'm journey. curious. Can anybody beat the twelve? I think it's like twelve minutes forty seven seconds or something like that. Have a little in house contest of Ultra Sixty Four community. I, I'm willing to bet somebody can beat that. Um, so yeah, just let us know. Next week's episode, uh, we're playing. You know, uh, these ones are actually kind of big for a lot of people, and I don't really understand why. But we're going to find out why. We're playing a triple feature, Cruising USA, Cruising World, Cruising Exotica. Cruising! Yeah, so these ones are pretty big for a lot of people. These are big sellers, and uh, it's been very heavily requested from a lot of people. Like, they've wanted to hear us talk about the Cruising games. So we'll finally get their way. Christmas comes early Christmas this comes year, early. Guys. Here we go. So uh, tune in for that next week. Uh, hopefully, it's all going to work out. We're going to have a special guest in on that. Ooh. So um, tune in then and find out... Uh, you want to take us out with the rendition of Elmo's Rubber Ducky song, which is Elmo not Elmo? That's Ernie. Ernie sing the Rubber That's Ducky Ernie. song. Also, Never you're, mind. No, Does don't. Elmo have a song? I don't think he has a song. We should make one up. Elmo likes to fuck all day long. No, no he doesn't. He's a child. <laughs> no. God. That's weird. God, when you, you get it together. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to go sit in a cold room for a while till my brain gets back. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. You know that I am called the Count Because I really love to Sometimes I sit and all day But uh, sometimes I get carried away I slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster Once I start in it's very hard to stop Faster, faster, it is so exciting I could forever until I drop One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, I love Whatever the amount <laughs> One, two, three, four Hey, yeah, 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 yeah One, two, three, four, one, two That's the song of the count I f*** the spiders on the wall I f*** the cobwebs in the hall I f*** the candles on the shelf when I'm alone, I f*** my
myself oh yeah i slowly 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 getting faster once i start thinking it's very hard to stop faster faster it is so exciting i could forever until i drop one two three four one two three four one two three four one two i love Whatever the amount <laughs> One, two, three, four Hey, yeah, 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 hey, yeah, yeah, yeah One, two, three, four, one, two, that's his song Oh, 